I think we need to have the men and the young men to come up and sing Amazing Grace. I love that song. You guys come on and we're going to sing that and, and try to be a blessing to this church family and also our radio audience. Praying the Lord will just bless us today. We're looking forward to what the Lord has for us. Praying God will bless in a very special way. So you come, we're going to sing Amazing Grace. see this choir life full of men and young boys. Thank God for that. I could have had Kendra to come up, I reckon. She's carrying another little boy. And uh, we'll have him a-singing for long. 
And we thank the Lord for all of our all of our church family, especially our little children. What a blessing it is, you know, to see what were they, 24, 25 young people up here today. That's a blessing from God, folks, I'll tell you. I, I, you just uh, need to understand how blessed you are to be in a church that has the youth that we have here. And I thank God. I thank God for large families, folks. I tell you, but I thank the Lord for small families, too. We pray the Lord's blessing upon each and every one. If you would, I'd like to invite you to turn your Bibles to the book of Psalm in chapter 53. Psalm 53. And while you're turning there, once again, we want to welcome our radio audience. This is Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church at Old Town. At Old Town, that's just the side of Greenup County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We do have a sign on either end of Laurel Road giving you directions to the meeting house of God's people known as Emmanuel. And we are thankful that you've taken time today to tune in to WGOH here, a portion of God's Word. We sang the old song, Amazing Grace, because I want you to know that the God that we serve is real. Amen? Amen. We serve a risen Savior. We serve a Savior who has come to die, shed His blood, was buried and rose again the third day for our justification, for our salvation. But the sad fact of the matter is, so many in this world today do not like to to recognize the God of heaven. The Bible says in Psalm 53, verse 1, the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are they and have done abominable iniquity and there is none that doeth good. children of men to see if there were any that did understand that did seek God every one of them is gone back there, are, there is none that doeth good no not one my message title today is do you believe that God exists. Now, this is a question that each and every one of you have already answered in your mind. Does God exist today? And I pray that you will have an understanding of this before we're through. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne, we do so with thankful hearts. Father, we're thankful for your great salvation. I thank you, dear God, that in the process of time, you have revealed yourself unto us that are saved. But dear God, today I'm praying that you will reveal yourself unto the unbeliever. Lord, you do exist in the heavens above. You are redeemed. Lord, I pray that you will open the mind of the wayward sinner. Lord, I am truly the God of heaven 
and all his glory. Father, I'm praying that you will intervene and interject yourself in this service. Praying, dear God, that the presence of Almighty will be so, so real that there will be nobody able to deny Lord, I pray that your presence and your glory would fill this house. Lord, help me as thy mouthpiece to speak today the truth and the wisdom of God. Give me the wherewithal today, O Father, to stand and give an account of my salvation. Father, I pray once again that you would open the eyes of the blind. You would unstop the death here and you would bring to life that dead sinner that's steeped in sins. Father, I pray that you'll be with us in a very special way. I pray, O oh God, that every lost soul in this house may be saved this morning. We thank you and we praise you. Forgive us our sin in Christ's name and amen. I do hope and I do pray that every person in this house today is praying for that very thing. For the salvation of our lost children, our lost grandchildren, for the salvation of husbands and fathers, for wives and mothers, maybe in this place today who do not know the Lord. I'm afraid that so often the scripture is true. There's so many in today's society as dull of the hearing of the word of God. There seems to be very little concern for the lost anymore. For the sinner that's nearing the portals of hell. And even when the gospel message is brought forth, it is as if it is just another word. The word in the Bible that speaks of the dull of hearing is a word that brings about this thought. They hear the word, but they're not apt to perform the word. They're lazy in the word. That's what God's, that's what the definition actually is in the Strong's concordance of this. That's the reason why that I'm asking you to pray this morning. That's the reason why today that I'm praying that God will touch the hearts of the redeemed. That you would see, just like Abraham did when he came out of the, out of, brought Lot out of Sodom. As he looked back and all he could see was the ascending smoke. I want you to see today the ascending smoke of maybe your loved one. I want you to see that one as he stands on the edge of eternity today who has denied the very existence of God and they have done so maybe not verbally but with the life that they have lived and I want you to see them on the edge of the brink of woe. Don't be lazy in your hearing today. Don't sit and sleep away uh, uh, the glory 
said then, and allow yourselves to be nulled into a, into a deep sleep. So many today are guilty of just being dull of hearing. The hearts can't even be broken when they understand that maybe it's their child who is sitting and, and acting as if there is no God. You know, I believe that's one of the saddest things that we can do as, an, as a redeemed people, not have compassion for the lost around us. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends and our radio audience, our sermon title should cause one to question what's already milling about in our minds. It comes right down to this. You either believe God exists or you believe that it's all just a myth. And that's a lot of circles today. Even in higher learning, there are those that teach and, and bring us about as if the God is a myth. And the reason why humanity was to keep humanity in check. But I want you to know today that God is real. The God, He is a living God. He is a He is the God of of God of wrath and justice. And one day, every one of us is going to see Him face to face. So if you sit here today and you think he's a myth and I'm telling you that God is not a myth, let me ask you this question. What, what if I... I will testify to this. Now listen. You can be wrong. But I... He is a living God. He is the real God. And then the Bible that the fool have said in his heart, there is no God. The person who does not dangerous setting, the Bible are even now ready to slip. In Psalm 73, if you'll go over here with me for a little bit and notice what it says here. You know, that's the reason why because it was by the grace of God that He woke me up and caused me to see that He was real. And that's what I'm praying happens here today. That God you will see that He is real. In Psalm 73, here the Bible is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, you know, the ASAP brings this out in a way that makes all of us recognize, even those of us who are saved, don't look at the sinner and wish for his life. And, and wish that you could be just like him in this life because folks I want you to know something it's a bad place to be 
He says, but as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain They have more than their heart could wish for. But they are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They, are, they speak lawfully. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people return hither and, and walk them. And they say, how doth God know? And there is knowledge there, and their knowledge in the Most High. Is there knowledge in the Most High? who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I behold, I should offer against the generation of thy children when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until I went to the sanctuary of God. Then understood I their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into dis- desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one waketh, so, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reins. Folks, I want you to know something. Our hearts ought to be grieved for the lost around us today. Our hearts ought to condemn us today because of a lack of sincerity of the, of the lost in our communities, in our families, as if there is no care in the world. Have you not seen the faces of the lost as they stand on the brink of woe? Have you not seen your sons and daughters? Have you not seen your husbands and wives as they stand on the brink of disaster and yet we can do so without even shedding a tear? In Psalm 10, in verse 4,
Remember the dull of hearing, folks. In Psalm 10, 4, the Bible says, The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God thoughts. Even though one day, even those who live as if there is no God will one day see Him face to face and then they will know that God truly exists. They'll know that God truly is real. In Romans in chapter 1 and verse 18, I believe it is, I had a man to ask me this week about the innocent. Well, those maybe of a maybe there are those in this world today who they seem to believe that they are not deserving of hell. And I had to explain to this man that we all but we all come from even uh, even as, as Noah and those eight souls that were saved there, we all came from them. Somewhere along the line, somebody dropped the ball, didn't they? They're maybe in the far reaches of, of some distant land that maybe they have never heard the word. But what does God say in Romans 1 and verse 18? The Bible says God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold because that which because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Amen. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. The heavens outside the nature, the creation. I'll tell you, there's a God that needs to be feared. And I told this to this man. He still hadn't got a hold of that fully and he didn't understand exactly what I was saying except for this one thing. He kept going back to the fact, well, yeah, but they're, they're innocent. I, no, they're not. Heaven above will show that there is a God. And this is where men like to get on. They began to say, well, God is unjust, but God is a just God. In all earth, in the Bible, that even maybe somebody's never went to them, what does, what does God say? They are without excuse. Just the creation itself will tell you there's a God. Folks, I want you to know something. Regardless of what, what the higher education will tell you, our world did not begin with a big bang. It was a big bang, all right. It was the voice that spoke this world into existence. 
Folks, I want you to know something. God is real. And God appeared. The Bible if you'll go back here for just a moment, Daniel in chapter 5. I want to look at these first six verses of Scripture here. The Bible as, as, as the handwriting was on the wall, this is the reason, one of the, one of the reasons why I do believe. The Bible says, the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords, and he drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines, might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem, and the king and his princes, his wives, his concubines, drank in them. They drank wine and they praised the gods of gold and silver, of brass and iron, of wood and stone. In the fire of a man's hand. And plaster of the wall of the king's palace, and the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Listen. Belshazzar may not have ever thought about God before. He made fun of, uh, of God. When he looted the place in the temple, listen, he took off. He didn't think about God, did he? He didn't even consider God, just like a lot of people do today. There's a lot of God of heaven. I'm afraid that there's a lot of church people today that don't consider the God of heaven. That no, some folks know that He's in this house today. I hope and pray God stays in this place. Because if He's not here and the candlestick is removed, we are nothing but sounding brass and tingling cymbals. All we are is making noise. But if He's here, as I believe that he is. Listen, I want you to know that the glory of the Lord fills this house today. The Bible Then the king's countenance was changed. Here he was just before he was having a big time, wasn't he? He's having a good old time, just like people say they're doing today. I want to... I want to sow my wild oats, preacher. I want to. I want to live it up a while. You listen. That's what old King Belshazzar was doing. He was living it up, wasn't he? Until he saw the fingers in the writing on the wall. Folks, I want you to know something. God's writing is upon this old book today. He's writing to those that will hear him. But let me say, say this. You see this old book, one day it's going to be, a, it's going to be brought, brought up at judgment. Everything that's written in this old book is going to be brought up in judgment one day against the lost sinner. Because here was the way of hope. Here was the way of escape, but there are so many today that refuse 
because they simply act as if there is no God. But verse 6 again says, Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were loosed, and the knees smote one another, one against another. Folks, this is something that really happened. And whether you realize it or not, there's coming a day when if you, if you die in your sin, if you die without knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you die in a, in a place of, of denying the existence of God, you will see Him face to face. And let me tell you something, your knees are going to smoke one another. This knocking of the knees according to the Hebrew is arkuba, And it means the knocking of the knees indicating fear. One day man's going to be filled with so much fear because that one that you have denied existed all the, this time is standing before you. And you're going to see Revelation proves the power of his voice and the reality of his person. In Revelation chapter 20, speaking of the great white throne judgment seat of God, the Bible says, 11, And I saw the great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. You know what? That's the power and the reality of a real God. That's the power that rests in the face of God. When all of a sudden see the heavens and the earth fade away, and there's no place found for them. In other words, you're there all alone, just you and God. Nowhere to hide. You're going to know that God exists that day. You're going to know that he exists. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to the works. That's the reason why I say that this old book here is going to be there. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to, to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Listen, there will be no such person as an atheist in hell. All will be believers then. But sadly, it's going to be too late to do you any good. But you're going to believe the very moment that you pass from this life to the next because you're going to stand before the Almighty God of Heaven whose face you will see, whose brightness of His glory and the countenance of His glory and majesty will make you stand before Him and shake and quiver in fear. And secondly, I want you to know God looked down and all mankind had gone astray. And so, 
1 through 3, listen, God's word declares that they're all gone astray. There is none that is innocent. Is this not what it talks of in Romans in chapter 3? In Romans in chapter 3, the Bible states this. What then? In verse 9. Are we better than they? No, no, in no wise. We have before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that all are under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. The unbeliever, the cross of ear as a throat is an open sepulcher. And with their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under the lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And they have, and the way of peace they have not known. You know why? Because there is no fear of God before their eyes. Now the Bible states this, speaking of the law and the word of God, this this book we have here, is there that every man, every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Folks, I want you to know something today. Romans 3.18 declares mankind's real problem. There's no fear of God before the rise. And again, this word fear has a, has a twofold de- definition in it in the Strong's, in the Greek. It is to fear or be in terror or it is to respect and reverence and you have neither one with the Christ rejecter. They neither fear Him nor reverence Him. There is no fear of God before the rise. This is the problem in all today's society. No one looks at the prospect of viewing God. No one even looks at the prospect of standing at the bema seat of Christ. The redeemed don't even fear God, it seems, anymore. There is no fear. And listen, that would change all worship services if we really feared our Lord and Savior if we really respected Him, if we really feared the God but what we do when we come to the house of God. I believe men today, I believe men would be changed today. I'm talking about saved men. I'm considering the I just got a word this morning about a young man who had just died and thing about that. I don't know today because of the of the loss of a son. I have seen it. I've seen it in my family. I've watched as he found out for the first time that he lost his son and let me tell you something. It's a horrible thing to watch. 
can't imagine going through something like that. But this morning I was asked to pray for a family. As they went to this man's place, they found him on the, on the porch and he had passed. He wasn't an old man either. And I look at our young people. I look at my son. 35 years old is not old. And I look at other sons and daughters in this house. And I wonder what, we, what our reaction would be if all of a sudden you were faced with the prospect of one of your children going off into eternity. What would be your first thought? I'm not just saying about the loss. And I know people don't like to hear about these things, don't like to talk about it. But listen, that's, that's a problem today. We need to talk about things such as this. You need to see you need to see with your mind's eye what could happen. But by the grace of God, it could happen to me. It could happen to you. It could happen to anyone in this house. Is your, is your child ready? Are they ready today to meet their Creator? Is your husband ready? Listen, folks, it's a real thing. Is your wife ready? You see, that's the problem today. We don't look at it like it could happen. But folks, it happens every day across this country and across this world. People go out into eternity and the problem I have to ask, the problem that I have to imagine today is there are those that never thought it would happen until it's already too late. We think about the holiness of God. We think about the holiness of His being. How we should reverence Him. In Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. Beginning at verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, that reason the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remelia, king of Israel, went up toward Jerusalem to war against it, but could not prevail against it. I'm at the wrong verse. Here we go. Chapter 6. In the year the king Uzziah died, and I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. 
Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. The twain, with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. You think about that word holy there, and, and again, in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew sect, in the in the Jewish nation, listen, when they thought something was important, they repeated it three different times. And it's he is holy. He's holy. And he's holy. That's the God that we serve. Would to God that we would see that. Were the post of the door for his glory. And for and that the house was filled with smoke. This is where today's Christian needs to come to. Listen to me. All that are in this house today, listen to this. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. Folks, I want you to know something. Every last one of us are still undone. We've not arrived yet. We're not perfect. We're still sinners saved by grace. We need to get a hold of the fact that we are undone. We are as the word speaks here. Because I'm a man of unclean lips, I dwell and mine eyes have seen the King and the Lord of hosts. Our sin should cause us to hide ourselves in shame. You say, well, preacher, what are you saying? I'm a sinner? I'm telling you, we're all sinners. We, like I said, we've not arrived yet and there's sins that need to be repented of. I want to ask you this question. I want to ask the, the sinner in here today, the one without Jesus. Do you still believe that God does not exist? You say, well, I never said that. No, but you do with your life. You don't consider God in your life. Do you see the God of heaven now? Do you fear Him? Listen, you should. Do you And I know this is impossible. Generated sinners. But if you are one who has been awakened by God's Holy Spirit, you know what I'm talking about. You need to be made alive. So how does that happen? John 6.63 says, It's the Spirit that quickeneth. That's how every last one of us that are saved, we're saved, is by the Spirit of God quickening us. What's that mean? It means to be made alive, as a matter of fact. It means to be made alive. What happens when one is made alive? They see themselves 
as God sees them, just like our text of Psalm 53. I'm going to read this again in Psalm 53 in the first three verses of Scripture. The Bible states this again in Psalm 53, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. Hmm. Is that what you have stated today? Listen, you're stating that by refusing His Son. You still, you still, whether you like it or not, that's what you're saying. There ain't no God to worry about. The fool have said in his heart, There is no God. Corrupt are they, and have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand that did seek God. And every one of them has gone back. There are none that doeth good, no, not one. Romans chapter 3, the Bible again tells us that there is, there is though, those that are lost in sin are guilty before God. But listen to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For by grace are you saved through faith. Well, how does that come? You've said that, that uh, uh, people do not have faith in and of themselves, and folks, you don't. The Bible is a gift of God. It doesn't come by our good works. It's just simply a gift that God gives to the sinner. You know when He done that? When He quickens you. You have to see yourself first of all the way He sees you as a dead sinner. Without any works of righteousness whatsoever that, that will bring salvation. Romans, uh, Romans 10 and 8 says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Folks, I, I, cannot have to, I do not have to go any further. You believe that and you will be saved. You say, well again, how, does, how do I get faith? What does verse 17 say of this scripture, Romans in chapter 10? Romans in chapter 10 and verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. See, this is, what, this is what you're hearing today is God's word. You know what it's able to do? It's able to bring life. God can take this and use it by the Holy Spirit and impart unto you that gift of faith. John chapter 3 and verse 15 and 16. I'm coming to a close here in just a moment. I have a three or four minutes left on the radio broadcast, but listen to this. John three fifteen. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have ever. Lasting life. And then
I close with John 5, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Listen, there is a God today. He's real. He is, he is authentic. This God that I'm speaking of today is the only living God. He's the only God who's able to save. All these other religions go to some other, some other God they pray to, whether it be wood, stone, gold, or silver. Those things are, they are incapable of bringing life because they're dead themselves. My God liveth. He's real. Do you not understand today that the existence of God makes you guilty before Him? He's real today. Come unto Him. Trust Him. Simply trust Him as your Savior. Let's all stand, please.